that time. The Sports Talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. It's almost Christmas, not too far away. What a sports weekend it was for Kentucky and Louisville. We have plenty to talk about on today's show. It's going to be a short week, uh, so we'll try to get in as much as we can. Obviously, there's UK, Louisville at the end of this week. It's not quite there yet for Louisville. They've got one more game before then, uh, but Kentucky can turn all their attention to the cards. It's one of the most fun times of the year, and these two are about ready to play each other, and uh, this year is, uh, is extra special. It's going to be a top four matchup between Kentucky and Louisville. And there, there is certainly a sense that if Kentucky can make it out of the Yum Center with a win, you know, who's going to beat them the rest of the regular season? So uh, you, could, you could find a scenario where Kentucky is undefeated heading into the tournament. I guess it would be 34 34-0. And a game in the Yum Center stance between that and potentially a perfect season. So we're going to talk a lot about that game. First, we've got to get to this weekend and, and the craziness that happened. And in both games, uh, craziness. Louisville Western, Kentucky, UCLA, but for different reasons. Uh, before we get to that, let's get to Yates. Yates, how are you? I'm doing well, TJ. How are you? Oh, just doing fine. Uh, I'm going to... Tell this little story. Uh, Saturday night went to Dave Chappelle, and it was hilarious. I mean, it was such a great, 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 great show. I cannot express it enough uh, how funny he was. But after the show, I'm, I'm we go out for a quick drink, but it's already pretty late. The show didn't let out till about midnight, so I get a cab home, and somewhere between me getting out of the cab. And entering my house, my cell phone slipped and fell somewhere in the cab. Uh, And and almost nearly as soon as I realized this, I was already inside the house and the cab was gone. And there's nothing really I could do that night. Uh, My girlfriend was out of town, so I didn't even have a cell phone here at the house. Uh, Nothing I could do. Uh, The next morning... Obviously, I realized that it was gone, emailed the cab company, uh, turned on the iPhone tracker, which if you don't have that app, you should, and looked um, and literally just sat on my computer all day seeing when this phone would be turned on. Now, it was dead. It was dead during the Dave Chappelle show or shortly after it, and you can't track your iPhone unless it's on, and... It wasn't turned on. It wasn't turned on. So all day Sunday, I'm kind of tracking it, waiting for it to turn on. And once it's turned on, it'll show you exactly where it is so you can go find it. It can also kind of be fun. You you kind of feel like you're on an investigation or or something along those lines and and being able to find it. But sure enough, it doesn't turn on. All my work contacts, the recruits I have to call, people I work with, everybody at Rivals, uh, you know, along with my friends and family, which I guess are kind of important too. All their numbers are in my phone. And because I'm an idiot, I don't have it back to an iCloud. I, there's no way I can get these contacts back. So this is embarrassing, but I'm going to be honest with you all. I, I really think I started to feel separation anxiety from my phone and not having it. And maybe it had somewhat to do with that. 
I, you know, I, I can I can be without my phone, and it also was kind of a nice Sunday, not having to worry about that. But also just the thought of not having any of my work contacts, no recruits numbers, having to basically start over uh, was terrible. And I'll again, I'll be honest with you, the listeners uh, that that have for some reason continue to listen. I threw up a couple times Sunday because of the thought of not having my cell phone. So sure enough, today I'm like, okay, I, I can't wait any longer. I have to go get a new one. I go get a new iPhone 6. Uh, it's cool. It's whatever. And then literally about an hour after that, I get a call from the CAD company. My girlfriend did actually because she was the number associated. Uh, and they have my cell phone. So it was about an hour too late. I wouldn't have had to spend uh, a nice little sum of money to get a new phone, but I was kind of thinking about getting a new one anyways. Uh, and, and now I've got all my contacts. So it's just, it's just the happiest day. It's a Christmas miracle. Uh, just fantastic. So uh, Yates, have you ever lost your phone? Have you ever experienced anything like I went through? I mean, I was, you would have thought that I had lost a, a family member or, or not, you know, not a family member had passed away, but I uh, wasn't able to get a hold of a family member the way I was kind of freaking out there for a few hours. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Not that I can recall. I mean, I, I've been without my phone and, and can understand the, the separation anxiety feeling, but I, I've never lost it to the point where it, I, it was just gone. It, I, and the thing is, I knew exactly where it was. So it wasn't like I had lost it. It wasn't like there was a list of places that I had lost it. So uh, it was either, it was either, I mean, it was in the cab, and whether or not the cab driver wanted to return it or not was going to determine whether or not I ever got that phone back. But I really couldn't waste any time not having a cell phone for another day. Uh, and, and since I've had it, I've already made some work calls. So I had to have it. And uh, I, I'm just so I got a new phone and I, I, I kind of was going through the rebuilding process of getting contacts back. And I probably had had, you know, probably already put in about 50 to 70 new contacts today within the last few hours. And then sure enough, my phone's back. So now I've got all of them. And I mean, I can't I can't tell you how great it feels. Rob Blackhawk tweets in and says you threw up twice over a missing phone. I also could have eaten something bad Saturday night. Uh, that could have been it too, because I, I mean, I, I was sick. Um, I don't know if it was just a 24 hour bug. Maybe, you know, maybe it was a combination of all these things, but yes, I was throwing up yesterday. Uh, and it's, you know, it, it wasn't what well, stove is insinuating possibly that I had drank too much the night before. That was not the case. Uh, that certainly was not it, but it could have been a combination of maybe something I ate having a bug and also realizing that I could have been absolutely 100% in trouble had I not had my phone. So that capped off a – that kind of made the weekend bad. But then after what happened today, I'd actually say this weekend turned out to be pretty good. So pretty pumped. Uh, and what, a, what an exciting weekend it was basketball-wise. Louisville defeats Western Kentucky without Montrez Harrell in the second half. We're obviously going to talk a lot about that. Let's first talk about Kentucky. And I know a lot of Louisville fans listen, and I like to think of myself as semi-unbiased, obviously. And and I'm going to try to talk about this game from an unbiased perspective, but a very impressed and 
I mean, it, it, you, there's no way you can talk about that game and not be very, very complimentary of UK. There's no way around it. There's no way that you can not be consumed by the idea that this Kentucky team could actually go 40 and 0. I mean, really go undefeated. And I'm not predicting that yet. And, and I, I'm not ready to predict it because I think the game in the Yump Center is going to be a lot tougher than UK fans think. And in every one of these neutral site wins, Kentucky fans are thinking that game's going to be easier and easier. And, and especially seeing Louisville struggle uh, with some other teams. I can understand where that's coming from. I think that game's going to be tougher. So you, you don't want to get ahead of the 40-0 talk. But the way Kentucky just put UCLA away really in less than four minutes, up 16-0 to zero after the first. I, I mean, it's just the whole game, it was a dominating performance. But just the way Kentucky came out of the gate, was un- unlike anything I've ever seen. I had I have never seen a UK domination like that against a quality opponent. And I don't know if UCLA is going to make the tournament or not. They've played four good teams. They've played four teams that will maybe likely make the tournament, and they've lost all four of those games. Uh, but they don't have any terrible head scratching losses. But they don't have any good wins. So I-, I think that it's safe to say that they're probably going to be a bubble team. They may make it. I, I would lean towards saying they will not. But it wasn't like this was Montana State. It wasn't like it was ooey pooey. This was UCLA, a program that has 11 national titles and has been recruiting pretty well lately. You know, they've got NBA players on their team. Kevon Looney could be a top 10 draft pick. But just. An unbelievable performance for Kentucky to come out the way they did. And here's the th- and here's the thing: if Kentucky plays like that, they're not losing to, to anybody. Yes, UCLA is not very good, but Kentucky won that game. <laughs> Obviously, when you when you get up sixteen nothing, twenty four nothing before UCLA finally scored, up forty one to seven at halftime. Obviously, if Kentucky plays that way, they're not going to lose to anybody. And here's the interesting thing. It might be time to ask, is this Kentucky team better away from Rupp Arena? Now, they haven't played a true road game, and we're going to see that on Saturday. But their two neutral site games have just been complete and utter domination where the game wasn't really close from the get-go. They were up 10 against Kansas at the half, but you you felt that Kansas was just barely hanging on to keep that game semi-competitive for the first 20 minutes. But you've you've played UCLA, Kansas, and UNC. And and granted, I I would rank those teams, Kansas, UNC, and then a big drop-off to UCLA. But I do think Kansas is better than UNC. Kansas hasn't lost since losing to Kentucky. But, you know, these are good teams. And and two of those three wins were on neutral floor by a combined 70-something points. I don't have both scores in front of me. 71 points? Uh, It's just I, I I haven't seen anything like that. 
this Kentucky team, John Calipari always says to enjoy the ride. It's just think if you're a Kentucky fan, how much more fun you're having at this point of this season versus last season. And yes, last season, it turned out to be a great year, probably a very, very memorable year that you, a tournament run that UK fans will never forget. But during the regular season, it wasn't really fun. That's not the case for this Kentucky team. We're going to talk more about the X's and O's of that Kentucky game against UCLA and and what went right. I mean, everything went right, but how how that worked. And again, UCLA, not a good defensive team, but it, it, Kentucky was hitting shots. I mean, they were hitting outside shots. They were hitting contested shots. They hit 12 three-pointers. Now, I don't think that's going to be the norm. But 12 three-pointers, Devin Booker was in a zone. Aaron Harrison in a zone. Andrew Harrison hitting threes, too. So I don't know if that's the best you're ever going to see Kentucky play this year. I think they let up a little bit defensively in the second half. But offensively, it's going to be really, really, really tough to beat that performance. Really tough. The rest of the year. And they're going to play a lot a lot of teams a lot worse than UCLA. A lot. But I, I do think something needs to be said about Kentucky in terms of preparation for games. They've been great in almost every big game they've played, with the exception of Texas, which wasn't a great game for Kentucky. It wasn't, but it was still a 12-point win. And Texas didn't have their starting point guard. I, I realized that. And that was the only game that out of the big games UK has played this year where they were a little flat. Again, in the second half, they started on, I think, a 10-0 run, 12-0 run. And after that, the game was never really in doubt. So, it, you know, it took just two minutes into the second half for Kentucky to put that game away. Again, Texas without their starting point guard. But it, it does beg the question, is UK better away from a better better away from Rupp Arena. At least on neutral courts, it seems like it. Because while they controlled that game against UNC too, it wasn't a 30, 20-point blowout like you saw them do against Kansas and like you saw them do against UCLA. So we'll have to see. Uh, I I guess let's talk a little bit about the Louisville game. Yates, I'm sure you probably know I'm going to ask this. And, and and I'm just asking this for conversation's sake. I don't think this. So what Montrez Harold did, does that make him a thug? Well, first, within, I'd say, a minute of that incident occurring, I texted Trevor and said, I can't wait for TJ to ask me on Monday. That first, was the first thing I thought when I saw it, too. First of all, I never called DeMarcus Cousins a thug. The word I used was punk. And I think, punk, there's, I think there's a difference between those two. I, I agree with that. Uh, I mean... You can call me an apologist if you want. I don't think so because I think the difference for me is that DeMarcus Cousins had, I mean, maybe up until recently, had a track record of things like this occurring. And this is really the first time that Montrez has ever had anything like this. You can say what you want about him yelling and pounding his chest and doing all that stuff after dunks and that sort of thing. I, I don't put that into to me that doesn't make somebody a punk. That's that's not why I said that about DeMarcus Cousins. 
So I'll say no because this is the first time something like this has happened. Now, if it if some if this sort of thing continued to happen, well, then yeah, he'd be a punk. But I'll say no. And I I agree with you. I don't think Montrez Harrell is a punk. I do think it's a bit obnoxious how he yells and flexes after every dunk. And uh, that's that's fine though. I understand it. I did have a funny joke during the Louisville Western Kentucky game with my friend. Somebody, a Louisville fan, said that he's going to dunk from the three point line one of these days. And I said, well, then Rick Patino would have to call a 30 second timeout to let him yell. Maybe have to stretch it to a full. And everybody at the table laughed and was patting my back and telling me how cool I was and good looking. And I, I didn't disagree with them. But uh, I, I, the incident, and in, in, in it's. When you played it live, it looked a lot worse than it actually was. And I do feel, I do feel, and Yates, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I do think Montrez Harrell had bad intentions in that scuffle. I think the heat of the moment got to him. He realized it was more than just a, you know, a scrum for the ball. About you know five or three seconds in, I think the, it hit him that hey, okay, uh, we're fighting. And then he quickly calmed down. All this happened within you know ten seconds. But I think I think he did kind of snap for a second, and it and it only takes a second. I don't think he should be suspended, and I I, I know that's not Louisville's rule, uh, I, and I don't think it was the end of the world. I, I don't even think pro, I don't think he should have been kicked out of the game. You know, given a technical, probably sure. So I, I think the whole thing was kind of blown out of proportion. But and, and you're right that Demarcus Cousins had had a track record in terms of kind of being pouty and being a baby and not knowing how to handle losing. But, you know, that, that's not something you want to see out of your player. You want to see, and there's so many things about Montrez Harrell. If you're a Louisville fan, you love, you love his intensity. You love the passion he plays with. You love how he never takes a playoff. You love how every dunk you would guess would be his last. But there's a fine line of being a, an intense player, an emotional player, and doing stupid things on the court. And yes, Yates, DeMarcus Cousins has crossed that line too many times. Now, again, I don't think that makes him a bad person off the court, but obviously he's, like we discussed weeks ago, uh, he, he's, if you want to use the word punk on the court, his past would back that up. Now, I, I think he's moving in the right direction. I think you would agree with me there. Uh, and I agree with you that we have to give Montrez Harrell the benefit of the doubt this one time. It's not like he punched a guy in the face and con- consecutively went after him. Uh, it was the heat of the moment. He made a mistake. He will certainly pay for it by being out. My question to you, Yates, is if you if Louisville didn't have a game before the Kentucky game and he was suspended for that UK game, what would you? How upset would you be? Uh, that would definitely. Make it a far more, well, I mean, it wouldn't, I guess the incident in and of itself wouldn't be any better or worse, but the timing of it would obviously be unbelievably detrimental. I mean, that would, as a fan, you, I'm sure there would be a far greater outrage over what he did if the next game was UK and he, in fact, did end up getting suspended. Although I'm not necessarily convinced that if UK was the next game, that the ACC would have suspended him. Yeah, that would have been interesting. I mean, it'd be nice to have a time machine or to be able to see hypotheticals and different scenarios and situations to see if he would have been suspended for such a big game. Uh, 
Yates. Now, I'm not going to cite the UofL fan that told me this because they do listen to the show and they said it when they had maybe a few too many beers. But he told me that he almost wishes Montrez Harrell would have been suspended for the UK game because in that case, you know, if Louisville were to lose and he said that, you know, Kentucky's going to be favorites heading into that game, then at least you'd have that sliver of, hey, we didn't have our best player. We were without him. And then you get the very, very unlikely but possible chance that Louisville would beat Kentucky without Montrose Harrell. And then the bragging rights for that would be even sweeter. Did that cross your mind at all? Not for one second. Not not even for a it, fraction of a second. I, all due respect to whoever this person is, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's just sort of, I mean, you're you're basically already conceding defeat, and you're looking for some sort of built-in excuse as to why that occurred. I'll I'll, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that Louisville will win or that it's not, you know likely that they'll win or anything like that. I mean, they UK will be favored. I think they'll probably be favored by seven or eight points, if not more. But I wouldn't – I don't already you know, want to concede defeat and have some sort of built-in excuse as to why Louisville lost. Well, and I disagree. I disagree with him, and I, I agree with you, but it would be – you know, if you were a Louisville fan and you did lose that game, and and I don't think I would be surprised if Kentucky blew Louisville out, just with it being a rivalry game, with the home court advantage Louisville's going to have, with the hype and the buildup surrounding this game, I'd be surprised if they if they got blown out. And honestly, I'd be a little surprised even if they got blown out with without Montrose Harrell. Now, obviously, we don't have to worry about that, but it is kind of a nice. ace in your pocket to, if that were to happen to say, hey, we didn't have Montrose Harrell. Because here's what could happen. What if Kentucky does end up winning by a significant margin? If you're Louisville, how does that change your season expectations? That Kentucky comes in to the Yum Center, wins easily while Louisville is at full strength. Does that does that change things for, for Louisville? No. And does why, that- why, why would that change anything at all for Louisville? Because if you look at what Kentucky has done so far, they appear to be on a tier by themselves when it comes to the rest of college basketball. So you lose you lose to that team. Why would you think that that would change your ability to get to a Final Four? I mean, aside from the possibility that you end up in the same bracket with them, which, I mean, based on Louisville's what what. Louisville should be capable of or what people think Louisville should be capable of that it's probably not likely well I would think that the expectations for Louisville basketball nowadays are I won't say national championship or bust but I mean would you be content with going to a final four and losing I don't think so well I mean I would be disappointed but I wouldn't consider the season a failure if they went to the final four and lost no, I, I don't. I don't think that either. But I, I, I think realistically, Louisville fans believe that this team. Here's the thing. I think we're starting to see that college basketball is not as good this year as maybe we thought it was. I, I, I don't know if 
you know, I, I don't know how good Texas will be come tournament time. I think they'll be pretty darn good. I think Kansas will be pretty good. I'm not buying into Villanova. Arizona has struggled at times. Wisconsin has struggled. You know, you saw Duke kind of take care of Wisconsin on their home floor. So it's starting to look like that Kentucky and Duke may be in a class of their own, and, and Louisville's right on that next tier with Arizona and with Texas. So if, if Louisville were to lose at home to Kentucky and the game maybe not be competitive for the majority of the second half, I would think that Louisville fans would have to take a step back and maybe alter expectations on, on, on the ceiling for that team. Am I, is that wrong? I, I mean, I, I still think it is because, I mean, like I said, if it's based on what Kentucky has done so far, if you lose that game, okay, maybe you're not, you, you don't consider yourself to be the best team in college basketball, but I mean, you probably, I mean, you, you could, you could make an argument. Nobody else would really be able to make an argument. Maybe Duke and you're going to play them to be the second best team. I don't think, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I, I still think that if you lose to a team like Kentucky with the way Kentucky is playing right now, nobody has even really come close to beating Kentucky realistically. So yeah. losing, losing to that team, I don't, I don't think it, it should change your I mean, like, unless your sole expectation is a national championship. If it's national championship or failure, well, then you might have to readjust your your outlook on the team. But I don't think that any team, I mean, I don't really think that's a healthy attitude for any fan of any team to have. Well, it, it might not be healthy, but it's Well, I mean, I know people it's do real. it. Yeah, I mean, I know that that's how some people are, but I mean, they're going to be disappointed more often than not anyway. Well, it, it, well, you know, I, I, I'm not going to – I can't speak for it, the majority of any fan base, but I, 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 know a, I know several, several UK fans that if this Kentucky team were to lose in the national title game, it'd be a disappointing season. And I'm not even I, I saying mean, I'm that, sure, that's I'm sure, wrong to feel that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people that feel that way. I'll, I'll turn it around on you. If UK were to lose by double digits to L in the Yum Center, would, should that change your outlook on UK's performance the rest of the season or what they're capable and, of? And the only reason that the answer is no is because that game is at the that's at, it's at the Yum Center. Now, if it was on a neutral floor at or at Kentucky and Louisville easily beat Kentucky, then I, I think it would be time to take a step back and say, okay, this Kentucky team had everything it wanted in this game and still got dominated to a sense. Uh, didn't have a chance to win. And if you can't beat Louisville at Rupp Arena with an experienced team, now maybe if Kentucky or Louisville were starting all freshmen and they were going to look a lot different in March, then that would be an exception. But you've got experienced players on both teams and you've got some young guys that are going to get better. Both teams are obviously going to get better. So my answer would be if it was at if Kentucky loses to Louisville Saturday, I still think, and we'll have to see how the, how the game goes, you know, if Louisville won by 10 or 12 points and UK never really got within eight, then maybe even then it'd be time to say this Kentucky team's not as good as we thought. And it, it it's not going to, don't go cutting down the nets right now. 
But if the game was at Rupp Arena, Kentucky was the number one team in the country. They 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 have the record that they have this year. They have the wins that they have this year. And Louisville comes into the to Rupp Arena and wins by twelve. Then absolutely, I, I think it'd be time for Kentucky fans to to start to wonder. But since the game's at the Yum Center, I think you can use that not as an excuse because it's realistic. Kentucky's not going to get a ton of calls on Saturday. I think we all know that. So it's it's a you know it's a tough game to win. It's a really really tough to win on the road in this rivalry. And, and Kentucky did it in 2010. But besides that, when's the last time a team won, won on the road? Uh, Louisville won at Rupp Billy Gillespie's last year or first year. But, you know, teams don't win on the road in this rivalry a lot. So it's tough, you know, and it's not like Louisville is an unranked team. They're a top four team in the country. So I'm not necessarily saying that if Kentucky wins easily, Louisville needs to alter their expectations and think to themselves they have no chance to win a national title. But I do think that you'd have to think you'd have to believe that if Kentucky were the team that you had to beat on a neutral floor, it would seem very unlikely. That's just my opinion. And we've got some tweets and, and texts that I need to read into the show, but we need to take our first break. We're way over. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We're back here, 1450, the Sports Buzz. Rob Blackcock said, didn't Louisville beat UK in the regular season and lose to Kentucky in the tourney? Nope. Kentucky won at Rupp Arena, and Louisville uh, was leading most of the tournament game and ended up losing. And, and that was kind of my point, that if if you're a Louisville fan heading into that NCAA tournament game, one, Kentucky had a very bumpy road. And yes, Kentucky may have been a bad matchup, but you had to think to yourself, hey, they, they did beat us earlier this year, but it was on the road, in their house. Now this is neutral. We can defeat them. And I feel like we got a little bit off topic uh, in going in these, these hypotheticals. If and most of the UK fans, Brun DMC and Clayby116, uh, those two UK fans have tweeted in saying that they're glad Montrezl Harrell's playing. They don't want any excuses from Louisville fans if they were to lose. Uh, and it seems like Louisville fans wouldn't want that anyways. So I guess everybody's happy that he's playing. Uh, I did see several UK fans on Twitter that seemed bummed when they learned that Louisville did have another game this week and UK wasn't the next game. This was Saturday during the Louisville Western game when he was thrown out. Uh, I mean, I swear there was probably five UK fans in a row that tweeted, oh, Louisville has another game next week. It, it was like at the same moment that they realized that there's another game. Uh, so, you know, maybe not all UK fans are happy he's playing. Yeah, but 
here's the here's the thing. It it it's it's better for this rivalry. It's better for the game if both teams are at a hundred percent. And the whole point of the last ar- not argument, but the last lively discussion that Yates got in was that if he didn't, maybe Louisville fans would feel more optimistic if they were to lose going forward. But you know, if you do lose, you do lose, and uh, teams can change between now and March. I I, I think. And, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to predict UK to win, although I do think it's going to be a lot closer. But if it was on a neutral floor, I'd, I'd pick UK to win as well. I, that You know, that would be more likely. So we'll have to see. There's a bowl game on right now, BYU versus Memphis. Uh, a lot of offense, 28-24, still two minutes in the first half. And speaking of offense, UK's Mark Stoops talked uh, to, about the new offense coordinator today. And uh, he seems very pleased, called it a perfect fit. News did break that it seems that Ryan Timmons is going to be out for spring practice. That's not that's not good news. But besides that, Mark Soup seemed upbeat. He said recruiting's going exceptionally well once again. All signs are pointing towards a very good class. A lot of that will come from if that class... Where that class finishes will be determined on where Damian Harris goes, but uh, we've got plenty of time to talk football. This is a basketball week, without a doubt. Just a, a wild weekend. Uh, again, I, that, that UK game, I don't... Just watching it was was strange. It, it, it was... You know, UK hasn't been on the wrong side of blowout losses like this. Kansas did beat them really bad a few years back. And during the Gillespie years, there were some head-scratching losses. But it's just, when you were thinking about that game, and you're thinking about what needed to go right for UK to win, and I talked about on the show, I I just didn't see any scenario where UCLA won. Now, I didn't see Kentucky getting up 24 to nothing before UCLA scored and 16 nothing of the first TV timeout. But it's just everything that you you had in your head that what UK needed to do, they it just happened. They need to hit outside shots. Well, Aaron Harrison starts the game with a three. They need to be aggressive on the boards. Uh, they they were. They had 13 offensive rebounds. They need to pass the ball well. 25 assists. 32 field goals made. 25 assists. I think this is without a doubt the best passing team in college basketball. They needed to to play aggressive on defense like they have all year. They get 13 blocks. 8 steals. So everything that could go right did go right for Kentucky. Devin Booker led the game with 19 points. Aaron Harrison 15 points. It's nice to see your guard score for a team that has so many dominant bigs. It's nice to see your guards kind of take over. Much has been made about John Calipari not having players go home and play well. Obviously, Tyler Ulis from Chicago. He only played 18 minutes going home, but he played exceptionally well. Seven points, six assists, seven rebounds for a five foot nine, 150-pound guy. Just one turnover. I don't think you're going to see something like that again if you're a Kentucky fan. Not against a good program. 
really, I mean, the, the, the start to the season for UK, I don't think you're ever going to see it again. You played UCLA, UNC, and Kansas. When you think of the top programs in college basketball, you've got those three. You've got Kentucky, and you know maybe you have Louisville as the fifth. Maybe you have Duke as the fifth. Maybe you've got Indiana as the fifth. But you've probably got those those four teams, Kentucky, UCLA, UNC, Kansas. Maybe UCLA you don't have, but certainly Kansas and UNC and UCLA does have 11 national titles, so it's, it's tough to keep them out. And Kentucky just dominated all of those teams. They beat Kansas 72-40. to They beat UNC 84-70. UCLA 83-42. Again, you don't know what's going to happen the rest of the season. You don't even know if UK is going to lose to Louisville, which would certainly put a speed bump in in this season. It in the forty and O talk. Again, I don't think it would necessarily change your season outlook. If you're a Kentucky fan, I still think that you should be feeling pretty good about the national title. But you, you, maybe not feeling good—that's the wrong word. But knowing that your team could still win the national title, obviously there'd still be work to do, though, and and you'd have to take a step back. But just based on what has already happened 12 games into the season, I don't think you're ever going to see it again, ever. And Kentucky's been playing basketball now for 115 years. And it's not just the wins, it's the way they're winning. And I've said I've said this last two years, but it seems to not be stopping. This is the golden age of Kentucky basketball. Yes, 96, 97, 98 was good. But this has been going on since 2009, the start of the 2009-2010 season. And it's obviously not going to be ending this year. And next year seems pretty good too, but uh, you're going to look back in 20 or 30 years. I mean, this is the golden age. They just were up 41 to 7 on UCLA at halftime. It just it's it's not something that you're going to see in this day and age in basketball. They outscored Kansas 34 to 12 in one half, the second half. Just crazy. We need to head to our last commercial break. We'll come back and wrap up this show. Stick around here on 1450 the Sports Bus. Listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back. One final segment. This show has gone by faster than almost any other show I can remember, but it's been such a busy day that the, the whole day is running by very quickly. Uh, later today, I will write this will be, I guess, the third or fourth year now that I've done this. 
where I write my position-by-position preview for the UK-UVL game, uh, where I break down the guard matchups and obviously the centers and the big guys and the bench and the coaches and obviously, you know, Louisville have the home court advantage. But, and Yates, I'm actually, you know, I'm curious. I don't really know how to do it this year because of UK's, and again, I hate to say it, platoons. I, I, do you have any advice in, in how I go by this position-by-position position matchup when really it's, you know, I, I would have to compare Louisville's guard to, you know, I'd have to compare Chris Jones or Terry Rozier to Tyler Eulis, Andrew Harrison, Aaron Harrison, Devin Booker. I, I mean, how, how am I going to do it this year, Yates? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah, I guess you'll have to go one player to four. That just, it, it, I mean, but don't, don't be lazy, TJ. Well, I, I, well, this is what I normally do is I'll, I, I think, I, I mean, I'm going to have to Google it and look up last year's version anyways, but I, I think what I do is I just do the starters and then, you know, I do the benches as a whole. But if I did the benches, as, I mean, obviously Kentucky's got a better bench than Louisville does this year anyways, but that, that's almost not even, you know, it's not really, it's not fair. And if I have to match Louisville's one player up against UK's two, you know, the advantage would be Kentucky in that sense. And it would be that way for every player, even Montrose Harrell. I, I would say Montrose Harrell is, uh, I'm going to say that he has the better matchup against Trey Lyles or Carl uh, Anthony Towns, whoever the four is for Kentucky. I would not say that Montrose Harrell has a better matchup, would win the matchup with Willie Cauley-Stein. I wouldn't necessarily say Willie Cauley-Stein would win it, but I think he's going to be able to do enough to slow down Montrose Harrell, and I do think he's going to be the one to guard him, but he's technically not a four. But if I had to do you know, two UK big guys against Montrezl Harrell, I'd have to take UK's big guys just because you're going to take two. Uh, you've got strength in numbers there. So I'm very confused how I'm going to do it, and it gets a ton of reads. It, it, and it's a really fun piece to write because you know, I, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I watch almost as much as Louisville as I do of UK, and I don't know how many other media members do that. So it, I, I like to think it's an informative piece somewhat. I know Trevor watches both. Trevor's pretty smart. Yates, I know you do, but you like to stay off the mainstream media. So I'll, I'll have to figure it out, but it, it's a fun piece to write. We'll see. And, and with that second segment, me talking about UK and how this is kind of the golden age of UK basketball, I, I don't like to brag on UK a ton. I don't like to be labeled as a UK homer. But I mean, after that game against UCLA, you've got you've got to kind of just take a step back and wonder how good this team could be. And on the flip side, this 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 may be the golden age of Louisville basketball. I mean, you go to a Final Four in 2012, you win a national title in 2013. You have a great chance to go back, not only back to the Final Four, but maybe back to the national title if you end up beating Kentucky last year, your top five team this year. It's kind of the golden age of of Louisville basketball as well. So it, it goes both ways. But it, it's again, this is the most fun time to be a fan of basketball in this state. Both teams are at their best. 
you know, there, there's been some years where this UK UVL game, there hasn't, one of the teams wasn't ranked or uh, one of the teams would be a, a 12 point favorite. It's so much better this way. So much better with both these teams having high expectations, national championship expectations. Both of these teams are undefeated heading into this game, which I, I, I don't know when the last time that's happened. You know, it didn't even happen in 2011 because Kentucky had already lost to Indiana. I guess maybe, again, I and, I and I don't know Louisville's track record in some of those years too. So it's rare that both these teams are going to be undefeated. Obviously, Louisville has another game, but I think they're going to be okay. So this rivalry is at its peak. I've always said that the that the Duke UNC rivalry is better, and the only reason I've said that is because they're they're playing for something that matters. After the UK UVL game on Saturday, both teams are going to go their separate ways and have great seasons, and maybe meet back up in the tournament. So ultimately, Saturday's game is relatively meaningless. It's a good measuring stick to see where you are on the year, and it's obviously great for bragging rights if you're a Kentucky or Louisville fan. But I've always said that UNC Duke is a little bit more important because they play for something, and I still think that. But Duke, but but UK Louisville is a better rivalry. Kentucky and Louisville fans care more about college basketball than Duke and UNC fans do. I don't care what they say. It means more here. And look, you know, uh, 2011, Kentucky's in the Final Four. 2012, both are in the Final Four. 2013, Louisville wins the title. 2014, Kentucky's back in the Final Four. This year, both teams are one in the top five. Can Kentucky, can Duke and UNC say that? So this, again, best time of the year. Before we run out of time, Yates, I saw several Louisville fans tweeting that they did not want to play Western Kentucky again and certainly didn't want to go down to Bowling Green. Where do you, where do you sit with that? Uh, I mean, I'd be fine if we didn't play them again. I think that, I mean, I... I think they were making a, a pretty unveiled attempt to muck that game up and get under the skin of the Louisville players. So, I mean, if that's what you're going to do, I don't, I mean, I mean, if we did play them again, then whatever. I, but I, I don't think that Louisville should go out of their way to continue that series. And that's understandable. I would, you know, I, I would like to hear from some Louisville fans that were there that if it was, you know, if being in the crowd wasn't fun, I wouldn't expect that out of Western Kentucky fans. I know several Western Kentucky fans. I, I, I know Western Kentucky fans that go to the games. But this, this sounds a lot, it, it sounds a lot like the Kentucky-Indiana game and why Kentucky fans don't want to continue that series either. Obviously, Louisville-Western doesn't have the history that Kentucky-Indiana has. You know, and this is going to sound, and I, this is just me coming off a big rant about why the Kentucky Louisville rivalry is the best in college basketball. But playing teams like Louisville and Kentucky and having them come to your home gym, that's a, that's a privilege. It is. And they don't have to do it because they play tough schedules regardless. So if you're going to do that kind of, have those kind of hijinks and shenanigans, Louisville and Kentucky have the right not to come back to your gym. Not that UK and Louisville are better and classier than every other program in college basketball, but you don't get that kind of stuff at Rupp, and you don't get that kind of stuff at, at the Yum Center. 
that's just my opinion. We're out of time. Show flew by. Uh, so it's Kentucky Louisville week, so you won't want to miss uh, any 1450 sports programming the rest of the week. So thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. 1450 the sports bus. To my old Kentucky home. My old Kentucky home. Uh, they say welcome to the 502. Take the Georgia boy, show them how Kentucky do. Oprah Priest Classics, paint Kentucky blue. They say don't forget 27, no be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of troll.